0: Thank you for joining me today in Bible study. Welcome to Seeking Panine. This podcast is just a place to learn and grow. Time to sit in God's presence while we intentionally seek his face. I pray that you all learn something today and don't forget to subscribe. Let's seek Panine together. So today we're going to do a study of Genesis 12. Um, when I first rededicated my life to Christ Genesis was actually the first book that I've read from the Bible so all of the stories in Genesis I remember growing up and hearing about them especially Abraham who was the father of our faith um, and I heard a lot of good things about Abraham and what he did and how God used him so when I read the story for myself in Genesis I was so confused and I'm like Abraham did a lot of things that were really wrong and just not good and I remember talking to my spiritual brother at the time and I'm just like why did God choose him and I remember him saying back to me Abraham really had a heart for God. So that kind of resonated with me. And I went back and I studied um, the life of Abraham and studied Genesis. And he was absolutely correct. And I found where Abraham actually had um, a heart for God and how we are to apply one, Abraham's mistakes, and two, his unwavering um, love that he had for God to our lives. So. Let's dig in with a little bit of context. So first, when we read Genesis 12, we see that God calls Abraham. He tells Abram or Abram at the time. He tells Abram to leave his father's household to go to another land. Now, Abram didn't know what this land was or where it was but he went anyway god tells abram that he will make him into a great nation so abram took lot his family his possession his cattle everything that he had his people and he left so let's pause right there We're going to unpack something with the first part of the scripture. One, when God called Abram, he specifically says in verse one, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. How many of us will just pack up and leave everything that we know or love to go somewhere else? And on top of that, have no idea where we're going. But notice, did Abram leave everything? He went, yes. But he also took all of his belongings. Although God said to leave his people and his father's household, we notice that in verse 4, that Abram also took Lot with him, who was his nephew on his father's side. And in verse 5, he also took all of his possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired. So he took with him his people and his father's household. So he obeyed, but it was Partial obedience. They all set out and they go for canon. And then we'll see later on in chapters that Lot will be nothing but trouble and inconvenience because he wasn't even supposed to be there. So though we're studying in Genesis 12 today, when we go deeper into Genesis, we'll see where this um, inconvenience and where Abram's partial obedience kind of costed him a little bit of trouble. So let's get back to the text. tried. Um, travel uh Abram traveled to Canaan And here is when the Lord told Abram that he will give his offspring that land. So then Abram built an altar and called on God's name. Now, this may seem like something light, but we have to think about the time period and culture. So in Canaan lived the Canaanites who were idol worshipers. So Abram's choice to build an altar was an open profession of his religion and his show that he is faithful to the one God. Abram built two altars to the Lord, one at Shechem and another one um, at Bethel. So, Abram is showing that even through his mistakes, that he has an unwavering heart for God. From him, one, moving, and then two, his outward professions of his faith. So now in Canaan, there came a famine. And we know that sometimes famines can be really bad. And the Bible says that this one is severe. So Abram decided to move to Egypt for a while. And this is where Abram made one of his biggest mistakes. He was scared that the Pharaoh would kill him because of his wife. Because Sarai was absolutely beautiful. So he lied. Or I guess he told a half truth. Um, because technically Sarai was his half-sister. Sarai was the daughter of his father, just not of his mother. So Pharaoh took Sarai as his wife because of the lie that Abram told. Now let's pause again. I want to unpack two things. One, why did God cause the famine in the land of Canaan? He specifically told Abram that this was going to be his land and that this would be the land for his offspring. So why cause a famine in that land? I want us to know that when God sends us on a mission, he will test our faith in him. Abram was never supposed to be in Egypt. This is actually where he acquired Hagar, who we'll mention later on in the series. Abram's lie to get into Egypt shows that he didn't trust God to save him in that moment. Abram, like us most of the time, found that it was easier to trust God in the far off promises than the right now needs. He trusted that God had a nation for him, but didn't trust that God would make provisions to get him and his family through the famine without lying and without putting Sarai in danger of committing adultery. And think of it like this, Abram and Sarai were both a part of God's redemption plan. So we can see how detrimental it was to leave Sarai in the hands of the Pharaoh. So what did God do? He cursed the palace and inflicted a disease upon Pharaoh's house. So I remember when I was first reading this, I was thinking, like, why so much? Like, why such of an extreme measure? Why did um, Pharaoh had to pay when he had absolutely nothing to do with the lie? Again, we have to look at the context. So Egypt was an absolutely beautiful country, rich in land and rich in gold. And Abram was treated like royalty on the behalf of Sarai. God caused the plague to Pharaoh's palace because God wanted Sarai and Abram to keep moving. If not, Pharaoh would not have known anything was wrong and Abram would have continued to do things his own way. He needed to get back on the path or God's path. Also, by causing the plague, God makes sure that Pharaoh knew that Abram was a part of God's plan. Because other than that, Pharaoh may have killed Abram when he found out. We see next that even though Abram was wrong to lie, God graciously intervened to keep the covenant with Abram. And God makes this promise in Romans 8:28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. God proved to Abram and to us that he is the only way. Had God not intervened, Abram may have been tempted to stay in Egypt and forget all about God's promise. The goodness of God is that even when Pharaoh found out about Abram's lie, all Pharaoh said to Abram was, take her and go. Abram was able to leave with his wife and the possessions that he inquired in Egypt, including Hagar. We notice that throughout this whole ordeal, that God's protection never faltered. Our promises depend on God, not us. The king asked Abram, why didn't you tell me? God is showing Abram that if Abram had just told the truth, they would have been fine. Abram was relying on his lie, not on God. Throughout all of this, Abram is growing and learning how to trust God fully. We as believers have to remember not to beat ourselves up if we falter. God will always be there to continue to protect us and keep us. We must learn to have faith and to trust in him, not just with our future, but also with the here and now. Abram's unwavering heart for God was shown again in chapter 13 after Abram left Egypt. He came again or he came again to the altar that he built in Bethel and he called on the name of the Lord. He didn't hide in shame because of the guilt of his lie. He didn't take what God gave and just continue to live on with his life. He acknowledged God, what he did and commenced to seeking the face of God. So, some things that we can think about as we go on throughout this week is, do you publicly proclaim your faith in God? Do you have the unwavering heart for God like Abram did? Will you trust God with your current need financially, your health, your relationships with whatever it is, as much as you trust in his promises? And in what ways are you being obedient to God? And is it a partial obedience or are you giving yourself fully and faithfully to him?